Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800 657 4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving higher. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. I've got Jason Holt here from Anvil AppWorks. Come come back on to talk about what's happening in the world of Anvil. How you doing, Jason? Very well today, Casey. How about yourself? Not too bad, man. It's uh, been a, I can't believe it's already almost uh, November here. We're a couple of weeks, halfway through uh, October going into November and, and perfectly on time. We've got our first um, snow slash ice storm coming our way here in Scottsbluff on, on yeah. Wednesday. So good times. Yeah. It may not yep. feel like it's winter, but there it's going to be reminding us. Mother Nature is for sure. Yeah. We have our first frost this morning. So, is that right? Welcome to Minnesota. Right on. Is that ahead of schedule or about normal? Uh, a little uh, about normal, actually, I think. About but, normal, uh, yeah. That's still sad. Yeah. That's, that's, I was telling, you know, I was talking to my wife this morning, and we were going over that, and I was like, you know, hey, this is, we're due. It's about that time of the year, and, and she's like, I know, but man, still, <laughs> it's still so warm out here. So, yeah, good times. It'll be fun. Winter's sure. coming, right? So Winter is coming, and but the the other part of that is harvest is underway. Combines yes, are rolling, yep. and corn is un, corn is being harvested. Yep, and uh, pretty good segue into what we're going to talk about today. So the amount of data that guys are pulling off of those combines, um, as far as yield data goes, and as far as um, you know what what 
kind of variety did what with with what kind of inputs and those kind of things are starting to starting to come to fruition here and we're starting to see some things and they're using that to predict what they're going to do next year so that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today so predictive analytics is a uh it's nothing new but it's like anything else that we've kind of hit the fever pitch thing where everybody wants to jump in on the the ai machine learning um predictive analytics train and i'm i'm guilty as charged because i'm one of those one of those people so so uh I, i think as you look at the Amazons and the Facebooks and all those people of the world that have been doing this stuff for the past 10 plus years of gathering data and, and using that to guess what your next you know buy is going to be at Amazon before you even realize you're going to buy it, um, you start to see more and more of this stuff pop up. And it's the chat GPT, I think, is the one that kind of put the cherry on top of the of the Sunday there that really brought this to fruition, I guess. So as yeah. you're kind of looking around at this, what are some of your aha moments when you start looking at predictive analytics right now, Jason? Well, you know, just like you said, everybody wanted to jump on the bandwagon, but it's just like Amazon. That was a 20-year overnight success. Right. They've been working on this for a very long time. And, you know, back to the farmer's uh, analogy the same way, first thing they had to do was get data. And Mm -hmm. once they had data, they had to figure out how to analyze it. What insights could they get from it? What could it tell them? But they didn't know what it would, what would it tell them. And then now that it's starting to understand what's in there, what insights they have, they're like, okay, but just skip ahead and tell me the answer. Well, that's great. That's what we want to get to. What hybrid should I plant? When should I harvest? What uh, When should I trade? Those are all great predictions, but we didn't get to just skip right to the end. There was no right. fast forward. This was a crockpot type mm-hmm. uh, momentum coming through here. The good news yep. is now we get these tools to play with. So if I were to really say, what is predictive? Well, predictive analytics is the culmination of 20 years worth of data gathering, data history, putting it together, technology growing, being able to process that amount of data to get those insights. You know, those are the pretty dashboards and the, and the charts and the graphs that tell us when everything intersects. But then running that through a model is where we now switch over to the uh, cool child, which is the predictive. Mm-hmm. analytics and say take all of this insight take all of this understanding and just give me the answer yeah and that's what we're working towards yeah that's the uh i think that's where the misconception about ai is is that oh i get an ai machine and it's just going to tell me everything you know i mean I, I got the i've got the big fancy computers over here and they're all crunching all my data and now in the next you know 24 hours, I'm going to have the, <clears throat> the answer to uh, everything that's great. Um, you'll have an answer in 24 hours. It's, it, it may not be uh, such a – it hasn't learned anything yet, right? So it's like you're talking yeah. about this 20 years worth of just keep feeding it and then putting it in different situations. If this happens, you know, what happens this way, if these things, that and the other. We're getting to the point, though, where we are getting really close to where – I mean, like a lot of these dealerships too, if you take it, depending on what they've done with business systems over the years and those kind of things and where they're at now, but it's pretty safe to say that some of these bigger, um, uh, I'm not bigger, but more um, tenured um, dealerships have got tens of twenties, I mean, 50 years worth of data that they've got somewhere, you know, they can put it together. Some of them might only be 10 or 15 years worth of data they have actually in a system someplace that they can go back and check. But the amount of transactions that every customer makes 
uh, is is documented inside that that business yeah. system, and ten or fifteen years worth of everything that they've ever bought, when they purchased it, what they purchased, what were the hours situation on the machine that they had, um, what's a, what does that look like, the service information coming through, just to start taking a hard look at the spectrum of the machinery <laughs> that's coming through, all these different things that you start looking at. It, you, you kind of start shining some light on some stuff that all of a sudden, maybe I don't have the right parts in the right place. Maybe I don't have the right used equipment on the right lot at the right time. I have the right piece, but maybe I need to have a, a 1,500-hour tractor instead of a... <laughs> yeah, one of the things we've got in CRM analytics that actually solves for that problem is is what we call a recipe. And it's really important that data prep site. We've all had a spreadsheet where we spent three hours cleaning up taking out spaces and renaming and getting everything just perfect for that moment in time. Well, just technology has now come where it can do that every time you feed it data. It'll run the same recipe through it and get you at the end result as a data set, which, you know, when you're going to predictions, that's what we run it against is that in clean data set. And that's just a game changer when you're not dealing with those different issues of model names and data entry issues and fat fingers and all that type of stuff. It's a, that's a big deal. And, and that's kind of the impact we're having is these things are not hard. You've been doing it for years, but you can't do it every day, every week, every month. So your insights get stale. And that's where technology comes into play and gets you that same prediction where we're going to end the month. And today's numbers, tomorrow's numbers, the next day's numbers. Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing that we could come into or even real time. Yeah. And I think one thing that I've always strived for, and I, I would <laughs> love to be able to get to this this point is where you can say, you know, if at the beginning of the month, the beginning of the year, or, <clears throat> or looking five years down the road or something like that, what, what are we going to, what, what's our used equipment going to look like? Yeah. And, and at the, you know, it's January and in, in December, what's our used equipment going to look like? What's that ebb and flow throughout the year going to look like? And what are those numbers going to be? Are we going to have an opportunity to see some, a growing amount of stuff coming back on the lot where we're just going to see, stuff grow and not move are we going to see stuff that's going to hey you know we're going to see a typical you know boom in the spring trickle off down to about you know you know september time frame start seeing some build up back up and then tail off towards the end of end of the year as you look at that 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 to me is so powerful when you have that conversation and you can do that where you can look at that and say hey here are here's what we're going to sell new this is what we should sell new this year and hey here's what we should be selling used now, all of a sudden, your conversation you're having now is not about, oh, my God, what do you do with all this used equipment is, okay, so we know we're going to have a used equipment problem. Or, hey, you know we're going to be short on used equipment or whatever the scenario is going to be. What steps are we going to take today to be, when we get to that po- point in the future, we're ready for that. And, and it's not, we're being yeah. very proactive and not reactive. And I think that's, we're starting to see more and more of these dealerships that we work with move into that realm of, I want to be way more predictive than I want to be reactive. And so how, yeah. how do we how do we fix that problem? You know, the first step into prediction is kind of being able to play what ifs with the information. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of tools that we've got in there that I really enjoy because, you know, one answer is go hire a bunch of data geeks. Well, they're really expensive and they can do statistics and all the stuff that I didn't enjoy uh, doing and probably still can't do. But with our tool, you can put some data in there and say, build this line chart, but give me a prediction. Mm-hmm. And it'll run two or three different statistical models against it and says, okay, your answer is going to be somewhere in this probability cone. 
right? That's a predictive analytics saying, here's the range you need to worry about. Yeah. It's not this, it's not this, given you know where you've been. And that's a great tool as well to just predict where I think we're going to land, plus or minus whatever zone you give it. And that's built right into the tool without having to hire a stats guy. The other thing that's in there is uh, the sliders. So I like to say that our stuff is more of like a, a an app than a dashboard mm-hmm. because they just released. This is brand new. It's really cool. But it's the ability to take certain metrics, like what's your new sales going to be? Have a slider. And then say, have another variable for what's our turn or what's our other variable that we're going to be. And you can slide and it's going to adjust the rest of the dashboard real time to allow you to play some of those what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? That's another prediction is being able to see the end result of what if we sold another million in new? Well, that's going to generate X amount of used equipment. That's going to generate X amount of used sales. Mm -hmm. That means we need X amount of new customers that we don't currently have. Yeah. And being able to play with those ranges is the first step for predictive analytics is being able to just, what's the outcome if I change these levers? Yeah. And we've got that built right into CRM analytics. Yeah. And it's, uh, that's pretty cool that you can do that because that's uh, ultimately, you know, Hey, we're going to, like you said, I want to go out and see what it's going to, we sell another million dollars worth of new equipment to make whatever market share, whatever it is that you're trying to do, or you're going to try to grow one segment of your market. You know, we're going to sell more, you know, compact utility tractors than we normally do. What's that going to look like? Or, Hey, we're going to go out and try to sell, you know, 75 new balers more than we normally do and, and try to grow that to offset of, you know, whatever. And, that, that plays, you know, that kind of gives you that whole, is the juice worth the squeeze story type of exactly. thing. You know what I mean? And exactly. That, that's what you're going to come out with. Yeah. Well, and then the other piece is, well, there's other things besides the data inside the dealership mm-hmm. that influence that interest rates. Right. What happens to buying behavior when interest rates go up or down? What happens to planted acres mm-hmm. when net income goes up or down? Those are variables that affect us in the used equipment industry, whether we like it or not. Right. That's the type of data we got to have a platform that allows us to bring it in. And, you know, that's what we've learned is there's a heck of a lot of information out there free that if you have a tool that you can bring it in and plug it in, that's where you can make your models even better. So, you know, what's the history of net farm income over the last 20 years versus my sales? Right. And I I want to do it just for the state of Nebraska. You know, that's the type of stuff that's there. Mm -hmm. I think when you're looking at that, too, that's that's that other side of it, too, is that. I don't care what anybody says, and I've said this for years. You know, used equipment is a commodity. It's a bushel of corn, a you know, <laughs> bushel of soybeans, whatever it is. It's a cow, whatever. It's it's a it's a commodity, and it's because it's worth whatever someone's willing to pay for it that day, right? And that's really what it comes down to. There's no the ebbs and flows of the marketplace and all the variables we just talked about all play into what used equipment's worth. So as you start looking at plugging in those variables, what's your data telling you when you see these things happen and the slowdowns and those kind of things? What does buying behavior look like? You know, now you start looking at, hey, what's it look like when you start talking about, you know, really high priced used equipment? You start talking about four or five hundred thousand dollar pieces of used equipment. What'd that look like when they were new? How many buyers did you have for it then? And what's that look like? Now what's your what's your scale look like? And those are all some real that's just that customer buying pattern that you're looking for. And yeah. then where does that customer's buying pattern fit into the 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 buying cycle that they're going into. That's, that's a tough one. It is. Um, and it's starting to just define what that is. I, uh, slight tangent, but very important here. 
I don't know if you saw, but in the state of Minnesota, that John Deere just sold its last onboard plow it's ever manufactured. Oh, okay. There you go. So right. Kibble just sold it, and it was a 3750 that they made forever. But they advertised that and showed the customer that bought it that John Deere, the company made, you know, started on making plows, just mm-hmm. sold their last one. And they're still going gangbusters because they saw the data. They saw what was happening, no-till, all this other stuff. I can grow corn without a plow. Well, farmers are going to do that. And those are the types of trends we're trying to get ahead of in predicting this such. Because if I was trying to tell you how much to put into a plow, you know, today that would be a different number than it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's the type of things that those external factors come into play. Now, what can we do with that? I want to start simple. I want to start with what you're already doing and just figure out a way to automate it and scale it. Yeah. So when you're looking at like what drives a customer being a buyer? Well, let, you know, let's brainstorm some of that. What is it? Well, when we talk about predicting a buyer, what have we done for years? Well, did they pay their tractor off? Maybe they're ready to roll it in, roll all that equity into a new machine. Uh, is their lease expiring? <laughs> Great indicator right. of purchase behavior, right? <laughs> very, very strong. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> what would you do in the dealership? Yeah. You had. Uh, yeah. You, I'm, I'm finance company. These leases are coming due. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what you do you do down, with that today? Yeah, you yeah. got to sit down there and you think about that and you start sending out, you know, different opportunities to guys to start following up with what's going on and, and it kind of goes back to that kind of what you brought up just a minute ago, um, the, the spectrum and, and the sphere of, of, of quote-unquote influence that, that our sales guys are working through, um, they're, they're, sales guys are busy doing what they do really well, and that's selling stuff. And the stuff they're selling stuff to are typically the guys that they've had a great relationship with. They know when they're going to come to the table. They've got this stable of you know 25 to 30 maybe 40 guys that they're going to be working with and that's kind of their book of business right not to say that they don't venture out past that and there's not maybe 100 people that they touch every year at some some facet but when you start working outside of that 20 or 40 um 20 to 40 guys that you're working with things get that's busy that's that's a lot to do right and you start getting outside of that it better be worth your while to go outside of that pool and start moving your way down and i think these these kind of predictive leads that you can come up with will start giving those guys that incentive to say hey you know what hey, last time i got one of these from casey it worked great i'm gonna go do it again and if he gives me another one it's gonna work great and i'm gonna go do it again and yeah it's amazing when you sit down and, and have those conversations with them and you say hey, hey here's a list of guys i want you to go out i'm not asking you to call on any of them i just want to see are they if you quoted them something did they buy something? Are you picking up a check? Um, they tell you no. I mean, what? And they'll start running down the list, and they'll start checking that off. They'll be, oh, man, yeah, this guy's got a quote out of him. We got a, He's buying something. Yeah. Going out the farm to pick up a check on this one. He's passed right now. He's, but he said maybe next year he'll be into something. And I'll say, well, that makes more sense for the model when he said does that. So those kind of things are all. That's all predictive. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of things you come up with. And that's the challenge we face in trying to do something with it. Is the prediction, right? Well, right? I'll just, you know, air quotes that. Who's going to buy this tractor? Right. Well, that's made up of a lot of small predictions. Well, out of our buyer pool, these people have leases expiring. These people have paid off tractors. These people always buy every two years old 
or two years, they buy a two-year-old tractor. These people always run it until it's dead. Now, put all of those together and churn it, and it says, here's the three most likely people because their tractor just died. Their tractor just hit two years, and oh, by the way, this one has a lease expiring, so go call these three people. Right. And that's the challenge. Mechanical, mm-hmm. or, you know, analog, taking a spreadsheet from your finance company, seeing what's going on in the shop, seeing what buying behaviors there's. Those are all individually really hard to do manually. Yep. And next to impossible to do at scale, real time, while you're trading for the machine. Yeah. But that's what technology is really good at. Yep. Taking that feed in it in. The other thing that it's really good at is something that we found was, as a salesperson, which is the, the end goal of this, right? Be able to mm-hmm. point the point the pointy end of the stick at the at the target. Is I don't really care all the thought that went into it, or the or the background, or why you know this. I want to lead. I want to know what what they sh- what I should be pitching them, and let me add them. And that's why we built the request the way we did. So that's a, that's a specific part of our application. We call it a sales request. But it's go call John about this piece of equipment because we think he's a buyer. And that might be from our prediction engine. It could also be because they just clicked on the ad in Tractor House. That's predictive right. analytics. Sure. Or finance company feeds us a spreadsheet full of lease ex- expirations every month. That's a prediction analytics. To a sales team member, I want I got to make four calls today because the box, the machine told me that there's a good reason to call these customers. And then, as you said, when I click up win, 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 cha-ching, 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 I start making a commission check off of those black box predictions. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying feed me more of those. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one thing, too, that I like, <clears throat> like about this is we're getting closer every day, closer to the use equipment guy. Here's, here's what I want to look at. Here's the trade-in coming in. Here's my – come back with the trade value and, oh, by the way – Here's three or five guys that you should probably call about this piece of equipment. And alert goes out to the whole company. Hey, this just got evaluated. Three, here are your individual three to five guys that, that you should go be taking a look at. And I think as you look at your kind of what you've laid out here, you're, you're pretty close to making that happen, right, Jason? Exactly. Yeah. We're, we're close to making that happen to say, here's the people you should call on. Right. But I'm going to say as a dealer management cycle and predictive analytics, we got to get the feedback through. So that's the other side of that request is what happened? Did I quote it? What happened to that quote? Did I sell it? Did I invoice the customer attractor or did I not follow up at all? And we don't know yeah. because we cannot continue to predict unless we learn feedback from how did our predictions work. Yep. So when you, you know, say we hit the Holy land and, we have, here's three customers that should buy this trade-in, so let's go put more money in it. We've got to know, did those three buy? Right. Because we have to refine our logic and train our model. You know, and that's the feedback. You know, um, that's the big piece of this is the feedback, both to the salesperson. Look how successful you've been from these leads that we predicted for you. But also as a used equipment manager, as a sales manager, as a dealer principal, we invested in this. How much more did we sell? How much did we sell? How many right. of them were right? And they're not going to be 100%. But gone are the days of, here's a spreadsheet, guys. Hope you sell something. 
to individualized every row on that lease lease expiration spreadsheet turns into a a sales lead uh, a sales request in our terminology that gets did it get called what Mm -hmm. was the outcome did you get quoted did you sell it did you invoice it how much money did you make on that so you can get true roi as well and keep feeding the monster keep feeding the beast how'd you do well, this was a good and yeah. this one turned worked out well. Let's do more of that. And it um and we continually can refine both the model and the predictions and the strategies to get even more. Yep. Which at the end of the day is the only way this is gonna work is to <clears throat> start with someplace. Yeah. And continue to evolve and get better. If you wait yep. for the perfect prediction, uh, you'll be waiting a while. Yeah. Yeah, you got to build that perfect prediction first before you can get to that <laughs> point. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but yeah, so but no, I think this is the the we're at the point now in in the uh, especially in the equipment business now where we are in a position to completely change the way we do business with our customers and our customers do business with us. And I think we're going to give them, uh, especially the customer side of, it, we're going to give them the 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 tools and the the, the goods that they're looking for when they're looking for them and not have to hopefully knock on wood have to do so much, you know, what well, it'll be here tomorrow or we got to do this, we got to do that, or we're waiting on this or waiting on that, or, you know what, this is coming, that are coming, you know, so we should be able to have all these things kind of lined up to where our customers are totally taken care of. And yep. kind of back to what we both, what that kind of put a bow on this whole thing is there is, you know, like, you know, Six Sigma was the craze, you know, not, you know, whatever that was 10 or 15 years ago. And it's yeah. still, the, you know, it's still there, but it's just kind of morphed into different things, you know, and we're kind of where we're at now. It, this, this is a, uh, a very, um, this is that low hanging fruit out there in the Kaizen project that you're getting ready to start. Yep. You know, this is, this is that, I mean, some of this fruit's so low that it's touching the ground. We just haven't been down to pick it up yet. And that's, I mean, that's, there's so much data out there and so much stuff that your dealerships have just right at your fingertips. Just, I mean, just right here that will change, change your business 10 X and you haven't even done yeah. anything. You won't even really have to do anything. And it's just, it's amazing what, what comes from, and we're not even talking about putting in a much effort really. Yeah. It's just, you just have to have the right tools in place to make it happen. It is. It's the tools that make it happen at scale. Mm-hmm. And that's where applying technology to it comes into play. Cause you, you nailed it. No customer said, I want more cold calls. Yeah. I want you to call on me every month just yeah. in case I need something. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's great for bullshitting and talking about baseball, but it's not really yeah. a good customer experience. But when the customer feels understood by the dealership because the salesperson calls the month that they're looking for that tractor, mm-hmm. wow, you really know me. You know, yeah. and on the consumer space, yeah, it's that ad that follows you around because they know that you're searching sure. and, and you spend your evenings looking up at classified ads for tractors. Right. But that's the things that are indicators. That's what we're trying to solve for is Mr. Salesperson, Mrs. Salesperson, you have somebody who is spending their evenings perusing ads for a tractor in this range. Maybe you should give them a call and tell them about the deal you've got, the special you're running, the great tractor, the one that's only driven on Sundays, et yeah. cetera, because they might appreciate that. And when you, when you find that match, the customer wins. No, 
And a lot of these predictive models, too, I hear people trash them all the time, is that, oh, this yeah. guy it said 75%, he's going to buy something. I went there, and he already bought it. It's like, yeah, because 75%. The guy you need to be talking to him when it's 10 or 15%. That's when, that's when you start going down that path, because that's when they're doing At 10 or 15%, they're looking at the classified ads at night when they got some free time. And they're kind of yeah. just kind of making, kind of formulating the idea what they want to do. When it gets past 50%, even probably 40%, They've made a decision, whether they've bought or not, they've made a decision on what is what it is they're going to buy and how much they're going to pay for it. They've made those decisions already. Well, what do you think farmers are thinking about this fall in the combine cab and the tractor cab when they're doing tillage or during the harvest? They're like, this combine will get me through another year. Yep. We just, you know, ran that through the con- through the concaves. We better go get another machine. They're mm-hmm. thinking this stuff right now for next year. Yep. Don't wait until they're ready to pick up the phone, and that's where these predictive analytics, that's the win that we're going for. Call the right customer at the right time to sell them the right product at the right price. Yep. yep. And to the same point with, with the way things are right now, it could very well be I was going to buy a new – the idea of me buying a new combine this year maybe not on the table, but I've got some some issues i gotta got to address before this time next year. And what's that exactly. look like? Is it is – it, Am I running it through a winter service program and, and I'm going to fix these things and I've got this plan to go? So start looking at the parts of service side of the business, which is a whole Absolutely. other podcast in itself about about what we're doing there. So it's uh, this is uh, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because I think this is um, as as you look at uh, you know on farm data, whether it's coming off the combine, the data that you have as far as what you planted, the data that you have about uh, buying habits and, and what you're doing with those kind of things. All of those things start to create a a world where um, you don't need to wait for the things that you're waiting for. More than likely, it's already set in some place, and they're just waiting yep. for you to wait for the right time to give that call. And I think we've seen that with with the Amazons and the Facebooks and and the the Deers and the just GMs and the Fords and everybody else that are doing all that stuff. There's a lot of the stuff that's being done already that is really taking a hard look at the customer experience and what's that look like. And this is, this is where, this is what we're seeing. And that's the advice for the, your, your listeners right now is where do you start? What's the takeaway from hearing us talk about this is figure out your place to start. I'll go back to farmers. When they started doing yield monitoring and precision agriculture, what they have, they had three ring binders on the dash of the pickup, yeah. but they used it. They figured out what they could do. And then they did more of that. Mm-hmm. that's the same thing that we can do. And what we see our customers doing right now is like, I don't know the perfect prediction, but I do know that these lease returns need called. Well, how can we get that in front of the salespeople in a way that will increase business and tell us what's the take rate? What's the uh, win rate on lease returns? Yep. That's information that then we can use to then predict better. So yep. every listener is, what am I doing today that I can do more of? What can I? What do I know that I can figure out how to apply? That's your first step in prediction. Yep, for sure. And that's the 20-year overnight success. That's right. That's right. Well, Jason, I think that's probably a good place to stop. We've had Thank you. some te- some tef- technical difficulties through this one. So let's, let's <laughs> forward another gremlin jumps out of the box here. Let's, let's make sure to wrap a bow up on this one. So. Well, <clears throat> good good place to stop. I think that's good information. I enjoyed all that. If folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at Anvil, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, we've got a um, website, anvilappworks.com, full of blogs and case studies and customer testimonials. But reach out to us at sales at anvilappworks.com. We're happy to set up a demo. There's a little click on our website. Reach out, schedule a demo any way whatsoever. I'll even take a bar napkin if you find me in a tavern.
So right on, there you go. <laughs> love those, love those bar napkins. Right on. All right, man. Jason, appreciate you being on. We'll catch you next month, man. Thank you, sir. Right on. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast and check out the ever so cleverly named Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. I can't miss that one. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. You've got some good big announcements coming up here in a, probably over the next uh, couple of months you're going to see come through. Got working on a new website as well, so hopefully I have that up here by the end of the uh, by the end of this year, going into to the uh, first quarter of 24. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Jason Holt. Let's go with some iron folks. Out. When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving